What's up, gang? Billy Ray Mitchell on the pre-roll here for a podcast that's long overdue. We sat down with, uh, well, first of all, first and foremost, this podcast is brought to you, as always, by our good friends over at the Main Street Pharmacy. Lord, Dr. Jeremy Counts is actually giving, not giving away. If you go in with your prescription, he will not charge you for your antibiotics. That's right. He will not charge you out of pocket for your antibiotics. You know why? Because that guy cares about people. That guy cares about you. That guy cares about the Blacksburg community. He wants you to be healthy. So if you need antibiotics, go on down to the Main Street Pharmacy. He'll take care of you. I had a fantastic sit-down with Coach John Sung, head coach of the Virginia Tech women's lacrosse team. And I got to tell you, this program has gotten leaps and bounds better every single year in the toughest conference that there is for women's lacrosse, okay? The Virginia Tech football team and lacrosse team friendship digs deep. The Virginia Tech uh, lacrosse team, some of my absolute favorite people in the universe. Some recent grads, had to shout them out. Uh, Amanda, Juliano, Brittany, Kelly, Tristan, Carly, MC, Kristen, Zan, Emma, Lascalzo, Pongo, Kelsey. The list goes on and on. Just amazing, fantastic people. Uh, and a great program. Absolutely have loved watching how far they've come and all of the accomplishments that they've had. And they're only just getting started. Um, but got to sit down with Coach Sung, talk a little bit about his program and everything that's going on. Um, so check that out. We're on the heels of this rather disappointing showing um, for the Virginia Tech men's basketball team. We're currently getting blown out by Penn State. But alas, alas, the season is young. We got to play, we got to beat UVA on Saturday. Got a lot of stuff going on. And by the way, this is not confirmed yet, but it's it's somewhat firmed. Big guest coming on for the preview pod for the UVA game. So keep that in the back of your head. We will announce that soon. But without further ado, here is Coach John Sung. Awesome. Welcome in, everybody. This is our second edition of the Lunchtime Catch-Up, and this time we'll be coaching up with catching up with Virginia Tech women's lacrosse coach, Coach Sung. A little bit about Coach Sung here. It's his fifth season at Virginia Tech, amassing a 40-28 and 28 record in 68 games. Coach Sung was the first to, uh, led the first Virginia Tech team ever to appear in the NCAA tournament and win a game in the NCAA tournament. We're going to get into kind of the the ascension of this program, but Coach Sung, how you doing? Good, good. Thanks for having me. Really, really excited. Love what you guys are doing and uh, just happy to be here today. That's awesome. Yeah, we're excited. This has been a long time coming, so I appreciate you taking some time. I know, I know you're busy and there's a lot going on, but you know, I tell everybody, right? So I come in to Virginia Tech 2015, my freshman year, and our lacrosse team was 6-12. and 12. We were 0-7 in conference, and I remember like, you know, the football, uh, most of the football guys we were cool with, like, Kelly Gladhorn, Tristan McGinley, Brittany, the whole gang. Um, and we're going over and we're supporting them. We're supporting Pongo. We're supporting the group. And we're like, damn, like, gosh, this is, this is, this is, this is a bummer. Like we, I don't know if we'll ever, if we'll ever win a conference game. Uh, and then my sophomore year, they go five and 13, still can't win a conference game. And then coach, you come in in 2016, 2017 winning season, 11 and eight, two conference wins. 2019, you go 14 and seven with five ACC wins, an ACC tournament win, and a tournament berth, and a win. Um, just an incredible job. I, w- I just would love to take some time to talk about how you ended up at Virginia Tech. Uh, what what kind of led you to Virginia Tech over your career? Yeah, you know, I'll be honest with you. I, I had no idea I would end up here. Um, you know, my last school I was at was Winthrop University, and, and we had it going pretty good there. Won a couple conference championships. Um, you know, was coach of the year there. Really you know, brought that program, you know, to the love where I wanted to be, where, you know, we were probably a top 30 school, um, 
you know, but I knew as a mid-major, we'd only go so far. And uh, if we'd ever get an opportunity to be, you know, if I ever had the opportunity to coach, you know, at a power five school, obviously that would be, be awesome. Uh, it was funny, you know, as coaches, we kind of look at other programs and you can see like, you know, Virginia Tech, uh, you know, they weren't, they were doing too hot and, uh, but they had good kids and, and, you know, obviously that was always a, a thing. And, you know, we had come up and scrimmaged them in the fall. So we, I had been to Blacksburg and I was like, wow, this place is really nice. Didn't really know. Cause we played on the intramural field. So, which is like away from where they actually play on Thompson and, and all that other stuff. And, uh, so I could see Lane Stadium in the background, but really couldn't see how cool it was. And, um, you know, I remember the, the spring or the fall before I uh, took the job in May here, someone asked me, like, would you go to Virginia Tech? And I was like, I don't know. You know, they're not doing too hot. And that I don't, I don't know. We'll see. And, um, you know, I was actually the chair of the NCAA uh, committee for women's lacrosse. And so I was, you know, the guy at the end of the day who hands out the championship trophy. And, and it's tough as a coach when you're doing that. But I was lucky enough to be that guy. And uh, and so um you know, I, I got to meet a lot of great people who, you know, when Virginia Tech came open, uh, my name kind of came to the forefront. And uh, this is when Desiree was still around. And I got a call on a on a Wednesday and it was just a phone call and a really quick conversation. We just kind of talked a little bit, not about the particulars about Virginia Tech, but just, you know, what I think of how women's, the women's across program should run and, and what I value and, and kind of how I was able to do some things and, you know, really didn't ask a ton of questions, just kind of, you know, just let her just answered what, what I was asked. And then, you know, at the end it was, Hey, can you come up with your wife on a, on a Saturday or a sat yeah, Saturday? <laughs> and I'm like, all right, it's a couple of days in, you know, we've got kids we we're trying to, you know, NCAA tournaments happening. Um, we had just, yeah. And we were in the, I think we had just lost in the first round. Uh, we were at the University of Florida and we had just lost to Penn State, who actually made the final four that year. And so it was, you know, a little bittersweet. And uh, there were some things that our, our former our former program we were planning. They were going on a foreign trip to Japan. There was a lot of things like happening and obviously the NCAA tournament. And next thing I know, I'm heading to Blacksburg on a Saturday with my wife and, uh, you know, uh, got to walk around Blacksburg and kind of see the athletic department. And I was just floored. I was, you know, kind of blown away. And, and the thought in my back of my head was, man, if I got an opportunity to run this ship, you know, what amazing things we could do here. Um, you know, I knew it would be tough, but I know the resources that, you know, um, have been sunk into this athletic department are, are pretty, you know, they're, they're world-class. And I think for, for me, just, you know, getting to meet the people, I thought the most impressive part was it was a Saturday and all these people came for, to meet me. And, um, I was, I was really impressed with just the people. And, and again, I, I got to meet Wit on a, a Saturday afternoon, he shows up and I have no clue who this guy is. Obviously I know he's the, the athletic director, but, um, you know, after me, you know, meeting with him and, and saying, you know, he took the time on, on a Saturday at, you know, three o'clock in the afternoon where he could have been do doing a lot of different things. And, um, you know, just spoke a lot of the culture of this place and what tech has. And, and I think, um, you know, that's kind of the, the, the story of how it goes. And next thing, when I got done, I was like, man, I think I can win a lot of games here. If, uh, if given the opportunity and we went home and, you know, my wife was like, uh, you know, she didn't really know. We, we had no idea cause you don't bring your spouse on a job interview, but, uh, <laughs> I think they were trying to get me to see if she'd like it first. Cause that, that's usually what has to happen. You know, the wife has to like, it and, and, and luckily she did. So, so yeah, we were good, but that's kind of how I ended up coming to tech. And, uh, you know, I was, uh, it was at the final four, uh, the national championship so it was Memorial day weekend when I got the, um, the phone call and I was actually as the chair, you have to hand out the elite 89 award or 93, however many, uh, you know, the student athlete of the final four, you have to hand that award out. And I had gotten the phone call probably 10 minutes before I had to hand out this award. So I get the phone call and, you know, I accept the job and they're introducing me as the head coach at Winthrop. L little do they know now I'm the head coach at Virginia Tech. Um, and, uh, you know, and I get this award going and, uh, the news spread pretty quick. And, uh, but yeah, I was, I was so fired up to just get this opportunity and, uh, you know, and, and, and couldn't have been happier and, and glad, you know, this all worked out. So as you arrive at Virginia Tech, and for those of you that don't know, the ACC is the end all be all in women's lacrosse. It's the, by far the most talented league. And you step into this program that's been floundering for quite some time. There's talent on the roster. What was your first 
mission or your first step in turning things around and implementing what you've implemented at different schools? You know, I think the first thing was really just kind of getting a foundation, like setting our foundation and skill and fitness and just training them a little bit different, um, giving them that mindset of like, Hey, this is, and, and, and here's the thing is I, I knew I was coming into a, a good place. Cause you know, these kids were, they were hungry and, um, and, and they wanted to win. They just didn't know how. Um, and again, we had a lot of great pieces here. And, and I think for me, it was, you know, when you come into a new program as a coach, very rarely are you doing what coach Fuente did. And, you know, you're following a legend, you know, you're, you're usually coming into something that's probably, you know, uh, a little bit, you know, messed up. And, um, you know, and, and our kids were, you know, they wanted to see what we could do. And again, I think the first thing I had to do was just kind of earn their trust and be like, Hey guys, like I know how to do it. It's going to be hard and, and, and really get them to first buy into what we needed to, to work on. And that was getting fit and being able to be fast enough to last, uh, you know, um, uh, the 60 minutes. And it's also, you know, trying to play a little bit of, um, you know, a tough defense and like, just be really aggressive and not, you know, really worry too much about what's happening. And I think, um, you know, the kids really started to buy into it and, and it was a, it was a, lo- a lot of growing, um, in the, that first couple months. And I think the kids really did a good job of, of embracing what the change was. Cause I think they started to see it. And, you know, at first they were like, what is going on? And then as the wind started to happen and then for them, I think they started seeing it in the fall. Cause they would, you know, we play a team the pre- previous fall and they're like, Oh my gosh, we got annihilated last fall by this team. And then this year, like we beat them. They're like, wow, that's pretty crazy. And then, you know, we get to the spring where it starts to count and, um, you know, we win a couple games right off the bat and then, you know, we get Boston college in our place and, uh, and it's my first ACC game. And next thing we beat them, like we beat them pretty good. And, um, I mean, the kids, it, it looked like they had just like the weight of the world was off their shoulders and that, you know, I mean, honestly, I mean, I thought, you know, they probably celebrated like they won a national championship. And for me, I was like, oh, this ACC isn't that hard. I don't know why it took so long. And then we go to Duke and, you know, we put the hammer down to Duke. We were like, oh, and 31 against them. And, you know, while this was happening, I, I, I heard the, uh, the conversations from the alums, they were texting each other back and forth. Like this is really happening. Like Virginia tech is like putting the hammer on Duke which has never happened. And, um, you know, I get done and we're two and oh, I'm like, Oh, this is easy. I'm like, what was everyone complaining about? But, uh, no, I have so much respect for being in the ACC. I, I love the conference. Uh, you know, we get to play the best of the best is, is what we want. You know, we don't want to shy away from anyone. And, and I think that just gets us a little bit better. Um, but you know, I, I think really setting our foundation, right. We wanted to get our culture, right. I mean, that's the hardest part of being a new coach is, is getting to a point where your culture can, it can weed out anything where it can set the tone. And as a coach, you know, that, you know, you don't even have to say it because it's part of the way we live, you know, and the way we operate and, uh, and we're, you know, it's taken us time, but we're there. And I think that's also why we've been able to sustain, you know, it wasn't a flash in the pan and, you know, we've been in the top 20, we've had numerous all Americans, we've been able to sustain. And now, you know, as crazy as this sounds, but this freshman class is actually our first true recruiting class here because we recruited all these other classes exactly at the same time. Um, so we're really excited about, you know, uh, the turn because this is where we feel like we know the turn is about to happen because, you know, being a top 20 team is great, but it's not what I came here to to do. Like, obviously we want to win a national championship and and I just need time, you know, and again, like, once we can get all of our kids here and, and, and start to bring them in where, you know, when this 20 class becomes seniors, I mean, I, I think that this is the magic is going to really start to happen where, you know, we've gotten to the sweet 16 and it's, how do we get to the next weekend? How do we get to the elite eight and how do we move forward? Um, and those are goals that we have and, you know, but we've needed to really start at the bottom and, and get, um, just our culture. Right. I think is the biggest thing is once we got that right, we were uh, heading in the right direction. That's awesome. And I have to ask you this. So I was reading, uh, I was reading your bio, uh, off of, uh, off of, uh, the Virginia tech website. And it says that you have, uh, some experience in sales management. And I'm curious, does it, has that, have you used that or applied that in your, in your coaching technique at all? Yeah, definitely. I mean, our, our kids will hear it. I always talk, I'm like, Oh, like this is a business. There's some business decisions that have to happen. 
you know, I was lucky enough where I've had a lot of different jobs. I was kind of a jack of all trades and, you know, and, and worked in the real world. Not saying that this isn't the real world, but sure. every day I get to come to Virginia Tech. I, I, I know I'm so fortunate because, you know, I'm not worried about payroll and I'm not worried about certain other things. But I think, you know, having that background of, um, you know, again, getting, you know, I guess getting recruits here, it helps me in that, in that sales sales mentality. But you know, trying to run this like a business, I think really gives us perspective. And, and, you know, again, it's, it's more than that because obviously we're dealing with young student athletes who our job is to mentor them and get them to a, a part where when they're ready to go into the real world, they're ready to, you know, just do their thing. And, um, you know, this is a place for them to learn and, and get better, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's help. There's no question. And our kids will hear me you know, I'll talk to them about billable hours at times. I'm like, you know, this was, you know, this, this could be a lot of billable hours right now. And, you know, <laughs> them understanding the resources, you know, like we put on a lot of resource resources to our kids, you know, dollars and cents from feeding them and whatnot. But I think to tell them, I go, the greatest commodity we have is time mm-hmm. because you can never replace it. And so I think they're starting to realize that that is the most valuable resource that we own. And so, uh, because once we burn it, we burn it and then, uh, can't get it back. But, um, but yeah, that's funny. You brought that up, but yeah, we definitely, I definitely will. The kids will say, um, I say that a couple of times. So, yeah, I think, uh, you know, one of the comparisons that I'll draw when we had, uh, could fun down here. Yes, it was, it was a completely different situation. He's following coach Beamer. Um, but one of the points he made was you had a group, you had a group who didn't really know how to win and wanted to work hard. Um, and really you were able to, or from just speaking with folks that were in the program, you really, you made them work hard, but at the same standpoint, you got to start to, to, to reap the results and, um, you know, working hard, working hard is, has got to be part of the culture, but as long as you're winning, I mean, that just breeds a culture of continued success and it's gotten better every year and every year. Um, so that's been great to look, to look at, but further along your coaching culture and kind of your coaching philosophy, some of the things that I've been really impressed with that I haven't seen a ton, quite honestly, in any sport is how you've kind of taken a futuristic approach to what you're doing. Like the whoops. Talk, talk to me about like the whoop. No, I don't know any other uh, program in athletics that's using a whoop. What is it? What made you start doing it? What are you tracking? Yeah. So, um, you know, it's funny. The whoop story is kind of funny. So like a lot of the kids will know, like, obviously I'm really big into golf. I love to tee it up. And uh, that's like my thing that I do if I could, you know, to get away, it's easy for me just to, to, to get away. And, you know, I was watching on TV and I saw it, I think it was like Rory or somebody had it on and they were like, God, oh, it's this thing that to monitor your, your recovery. And I was like, all right. And then, um, I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to grab one of these things and see, like they, obviously it's good enough for these PGA guys, uh, want to know what it's about. Um, and so I was doing a little research and then one of our other kids, MC McCarthy had one. And, uh, she's like, coach, I love it. And, you know, talk to her a little bit about it. And then our old strength coach at Winthrop, he was at Tennessee right now and they have it at Tennessee, their whole athletic department has it. And I said, okay, like, you know, I was like learning about it and it literally will tell you everything. It'll tell you, you know, how you sleep, how you recover, you know, um, you know, your, your respiratory rates. And obviously with COVID it's been awesome because we were able to use it as precursors. I know at the PGA tour level, they gave all their, their guys and gals that, and they, we, they knew that if their respiratory rate gets off, like it could be a precursor for it. And so, um, yeah, we really, you know, have been fortunate here because I do think that technology can help like for our kids that before I got here, like in the games, you'll see us carrying iPads and we're looking at instant replay, like in the game. So our kids can adjust and break down a defense faster. We're not waiting to get to the film review. Like we're doing it while we're there. So our rate of adjustment is, is higher. Um, being able to track our kids uh, from a standpoint of, you know, are they recovering? Are they sleeping? Can they go out and perform? Can they do what they need to do? And, um, you know, we've been really lucky because we've, you know, we've had uh, some really great support from some you know, unbelievable donors who've really stepped up to to allow me to have the tools and uh, and things to, to make us move forward. And, you know, um, those resources are, are, are the differences, you know, they're, they're the difference that we have. And so I think now, you know, being able to track our kids uh, from a standpoint of making sure they're ready to go and making sure they're recovered right. And, 
you know, uh, we run a lot. And so, I mean, you know, a, a large run week for us could be 30 plus miles. And that's well, coach, you gotta, you, wait, you got to give the stat. You got to give the stat from last year. There was an astronomical number of how many miles that you guys covered. You oh, I don't even, that. I don't even know. It's crazy. I don't even know. It's a lot. It is a lot. It was like, I, I don't remember like, the specific number, but I was, uh, I was asking how was, uh, how's training and stuff. And they were like, we ran like so-and-so thousand miles. And I was like, how yeah. do you even know that? I mean, collectively, like in the fall, they'll be like, you know, so if we go, you know, in a five day, in a seven day period, it's probably like 30 days or 30 miles. And so, and then you multiply that by, uh, you know, roughly about, you know, 10 weeks. So they're, they're running about 300 miles and then you, you know, uh, you get that with all the kids. I mean, it's thousands of miles, you know, and, uh, and uh, yeah, they, they, those girls work really, really hard. You know, I'm thankful that they understand why we do it. Um, and yes, there's always a little pushback, but I think as it comes down to, they've reaped the benefits, you know, they know that, you know, when it comes down to it, we're going to be ready to compete and we're going to be, you know, um, mentally tough because we've been challenged and practice is harder than games. So that's what I always say. I'm like, you know what, you guys are gonna be so happy to play because you don't have to practice that day. And, and I think for our girls, they realize like, you know, if they can get themselves into a spot where they're mentally strong, like we're going to be really successful. And again, that's one of our, you know, our pillars that we stand on is just, you know, on top of our hard work, but, you know, being mentally focused and, and being ready and be disciplined. Um, and I think th those things really, really do help a ton. That's awesome. So, and then just a couple of the other notes of things that you've done that are fantastic. Your social media presence has been great. I mean, <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, you get, um, you get the insight during practice. How do you pronounce caramel or caramel? Yeah. Uh, you get to really know the personality of, uh, of the players. Uh, Movement Monday has been something that's been great. I know. Uh, so how did that start? Did Angie start that or what, what kind of got that, got that going there? So Movement Monday was a discussion between Angie and then our captains. I think especially with all the social inequalities, you know, I think that, you know, things that happened through this summer, really kind of shed light on our program. I, I've talked to the kids. I said, you know what, when you are at Virginia tech and you get to wear the VT, that is the, only, you know, you know, especially for a lacrosse player, like that's the largest platform you're going to be on and um, understand that when you have a voice, like what to do with it. And uh, you know, we've been lucky, like Angie's done a great job kind of being a, you know, one of the faces of, of black lacrosse players, female black lacrosse players and, and kind of talking about that. But you know, we wanted to give all of our kids an opportunity to speak in what better place than in social media. And I guess for me, part of me was like, you know, we'll have the team like take over the Instagram and they'll do the follow me stories. And like, I guess I could only watch them go to Starbucks so many times and eat. I always joke around, like there was eating like toast and avocado and like, I'm just like, uh, or getting like, what is it? Uh, like uh, smoothie bowls. Like I can, I was just like, all right guys, like enough, you know? And, um, this was so much more meaningful where the girls could really, uh, talk about, you know, something and it could be anywhere from, you know, obviously voting was important to this team. Um, you know, uh, body image and the female athlete, you know, um, indigenous day. We had, uh, we have one of a native American, J uh, Jason Lazor on our team. Um, you know, obviously social inequalities, you know, getting our team educated, having uh, group talks and, and again, our social media, um, you know, we're, we're on this drive to get to 10,000, right? That's like yeah. the goal for any, any small program like ours is to get to 10,000 followers. And, um, and I'll tell you this, it's, it's funny because, um, we've had multiple and we always, I'll tell you this, we always hire someone. So if there's anyone that, you know, job plug, anyone wants to be a social media coordinator, like we're always looking for one, you know, yep. um, and uh, so we actually have a former player that's running it right now. Her name's Carolyn Barwick, who's doing an unbelievable job. Um, and we've been tracking it because we know it's important because it's essentially the way the world works right now. And again, it gives people the the um, the inside to what's happening. I'll be honest with you as a coach, like I don't know it's going on like while we're at practice. We have 50 kids, you know, 40, 50 kids sure. at practice, you know, and she does a great job of like, and in, in, I guess what's been awesome is since she's a, a been a player she kind of knows the flow of practice so she's like it's like having an official in there you don't really realize and you know we had a scrimmage the other day with officials and i'm watching the game film and i'm like why are there extra people out there and it's our social media person like in the scrimmage like getting really great footage it's like almost like an one mixtape to her and, uh, and I, and I don't notice it while it's happening. She's that good. You know what I mean? And I think that's like a, a really 
you know, good sign of, of doing your job right is that if you can do it and not be in the, you know, not be in the way, right, man, you're doing a, a great job. And she has uh, really, really helped us out. And, um, you know, some of the stuff that they've produced and, and we do a lot of stuff like that. You know, we, we want kids to see what we do in our program. It makes us different as much as we work hard. Like we do have a lot of fun. The kids are, you know, as you know, cause you've known a couple of our alums um, and some of our current players, like they're great kids. They're, they're great players, great people. Um, they're super funny. You know, they are, uh, they they make me laugh every day. And, you know, and again, I, I know that if I can just share that with the world and say like, look, these are some great people and this is them working hard and, you know, and kind of give a little sneak peek into our program. I think it, uh, it gives, it gives good light to what we're trying to do. Yes, yeah, definitely been really appreciated. We had, uh, I'm sure as you know, we had a uh, Taylor and MC come on, uh, right. Uh, honestly, right around the beginning of quarantine. Um, and, uh, you know, everybody that listened then was, was DMing us and being like, wow, like the, who, who would have known the Virginia Tech women's lacrosse team would have like the most access into like practice and uh, getting another player. So that's, that's been really cool from both a fan's perspective and I'm sure a recruit's perspective uh, and just kind of shining a light on the program. Um, I wanted to take some time to kind of walk through this past six to eight months, um, mm-hmm. whether it was, you know, the season ending on the course to having a historic season last year, um, bringing some of the kids back and coaching through this spring. Uh, I know that's a bit of a loaded question, but I uh, just kind of want to walk through what that's, what that's been like. Yeah. I mean, COVID has been, you know, it's, it was kind of crazy. Like obviously, you know, we go up to Brown and we're in new England where it's like a hot spot. And, uh, you know, we play Brown and, and, uh, one of our top kids tears her ACL and, uh, you know, we kind of ran into a buzzsaw. They knew their season was ending. We're like, there's no way we're the ACC. There's no way they can cancel us. And, you mm-hmm. know, we've got a basketball tournament going on and, uh, and little did we know the end was coming and, you know, we get a call from our administration, like you guys need to get home now. Uh, and, and my, my response was, uh, are you sending a plane to come get us? Cause they said, you cannot get go to the airport. Cause obviously there's this virus going around. And so we ended up busing back from Boston, which was a terrible <laughs> bus ride. Uh, took two that, 10 hours, 10, yeah, 15 hours. Yeah. A little bit long, about 10, it's like 10, 11 hours in a bus. And so, you know, um, and not knowing like our kids knowing that this was the end of like, who knew what was about to happen in the world? Like the shutdown was coming, like who knew what was going to happen. And, uh, I remember coming back to Blacksburg. They're like, we need to take, and I'll tell you this, uh, this is the, probably the craziest part. So whenever we're on the road and we get our kids out of Blacksburg, we want them to experience the town they're in and we give them opportunities. So like, if we go to lunch, we'll say, Hey, look, you get like 45 minutes or an hour just to explore. Cause they, they've never been to Providence, Rhode Island, or they had never been to, you know, Boston or some kids have, and some kids haven't. So we give them time to just kind of decompress, you know, cause when you're on a road trip, you're with each other, you know, 24 seven, it's kind of nice to go, go off a little bit. And, uh, you know, we were meeting up for dinner, um, across the street and the dinner was at like a PF Chang's or kids like that place. I like that place. We usually win when we eat there. So, um, yeah. you know, we go there and, uh, I walk into the mall and I'm like, man, this is weird. You know, again, knowing that there's this virus out there and not really thinking about it. It's like, Oh, it's like the flu or whatever, not knowing anything. And we go into this restaurant and obviously up there, they've been dealing with it way more than we were in Virginia. Right. And, uh, I go, we go to have dinner. And if you've ever been to a PF Chang's, it's always busy, right? right? There's always a line and we walk in and there is nobody there. And I'm like, am I missing something? I'm like, and I go up to like the, the management cause they're helping us out in world-class service. And they said, no coach, like there's this virus going on and uh, no one, sh- no one's coming in. Like people just are hunkering down. And I was like, all right. And then we go to play Brown the next day and they, we're hearing like, they, they had called all their athletes in and like, uh, you know, as we're going to play, like we could see their athletes forming and, you know, kids are crying. Like, I'm like, what is going on? They're like, their season's about to get canceled. And we're, you know, the Ivy league is just like busting out cancellation after cancellation in, in lacrosse. And then that's kind of how it all started. And little did we know that that was the end. And, um, you know, and that team would never, you know, again, not, not finish the season, but we had come to a great start and we were right where we wanted to be and, and, and excited about moving forward. And, uh, you know, and the, and the blessing ended up coming in is that we could keep 
some of these kids an extra year. The NCAA said, hey, you can keep a couple of these kids an extra year. And we were able to keep Angie Benson and Taylor Kasky and Kendall Welch and, and MC McCarthy and, you know, kids that really are glue kids, kids that are great culture kids, kids that really help us move the needle and uh, and really help the young class. So, you know, having these five guys or these four guys back and having five classes really has helped us grow uh, tremendously this season. Um, but, you know, not knowing that like summer recruiting would get canceled, not knowing that like our summer can't like everything getting canceled and like hunkering down. Uh, we got really good with zoom, you know, we were doing zoom meetings with the kids and positional group meetings all summer. Uh, it was honestly probably the most communication we've ever had with our team through the summer, which I loved. Um, and it really, I think is going to set us off, you know, and, and of the things that we learned from COVID is how can we communicate better? And I think we learned that this, this year and even integrating our younger kids into the, the mix was, was really good. And then, like I told you before, I love playing golf. So I play golf almost every day. I had nothing else to do. That was like my, my competitive juices going. So, you know, I think, uh, you know, from the time we were told not to come into the office to the time where they allowed us to come back in, it was 139 days. I think I played 130. I was 139 days. Wow. Um, because I had nothing else to do. And I was right. like, you know, and, and, you know, it was the only COVID compliant, you know, I'm not a big bike rider walks really, uh, you know, I'll go outside and whatnot, but you know, I can't coach and that's really what gets me going and can't be around people. And so, um, you know, and thank God our, our governor was able to say, you can leave the golf courses open. And, and, but they said, you know, so we just walked and, you know, I had to kill a chunk of my day every day. You know, I mean, you can only be on zoom calls for so long. Right. That's the one thing I learned. I was like, Oh my gosh. Like, you know, we would spend Mondays, you know, with the staff every, cause they were, I let them all like, be with their families you know who knew what was going to go on and so it was pretty here people like it's people kind of forget like in may in may and uh like april may june it was like are we ever going to go back are we ever going to go back to school is it, yeah. like, is it safe to go outside i was running laps in my backyard because my mom was like you're not going you're not going out of the property so yeah it was it was crazy it just not knowing and like I, I was like you know you guys just go and not knowing when they'd come back we'd have you know, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, I'm like, how am I going to keep this program running and what's important right now? And what's the world giving us? And, and so, uh, we would zoom call and, and I remember like setting up our first one. I'm like, what is this zoom program? <laughs> knowing that you can like record and go into these breakout rooms and all this stuff. I'm like, man, this is some, uh, this is some witchcraft here, you know, and, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, and again, you know, you have FaceTime, which is great, but just to have all of a sudden you've got like 40 people on zoom and you can talk to everybody and see them. And, and I really think that, you know, it, you know, especially like in April and you know March, April, May, when it really first started, which, you know, makes this 2020 such a blur, right? Like you're like, where did summer go? You know, cause all of a sudden it's like cold and it's like, well, yeah. how did it get cold? And, um, you know, and then daylight savings came, but I think it's like, you know, that, that first couple of months, like just getting the group together and trying to keep the program moving smoothly and, and being prepared, you know, it, it gave us a lot of time to run through a bunch of scenarios. And, you know, and again, we had no idea that we were like, will we ever practice in the fall? And, uh, and, and just lucky enough, we could do it again, which, which I think was great. Well, what also is kind of an, un, uh, like an under underrated part of that, uh, that I definitely missed was when we went, when we all went work from home, uh, getting the team on a zoom meeting, even if it's for 10, 15 minutes a day program lacrosse and everything aside, seeing your friends and talking about what you have for breakfast, what are you doing tomorrow? What movie are you watching? You know, this, that, and the other, that's been so great from, you know, cause this is tough, like from a, from a mental health perspective and a being thrown out of your routine perspective. Um, so having a team that close, uh, especially speaks volumes of seniors um, willing to come back that next year when you don't know, are we going to play? Are we going to practice, you know, having a degree in hand. So um, it's just been, it's been special to watch how all of the different teams have adjusted and um, quite frankly, helped the players get through it. And probably the coaches get through it too, to maintain some sort of normalcy. Yeah. And, and you know, it was, it was great that, you know, our season got canceled in March. And I think probably one of the coolest things is that our kids actually didn't go home. They stayed, a lot of them stayed in Blacksburg, you know, mm -hmm. and, you know, and I thought it was great and they worked out together and they trained still not knowing what the future was, but they really learned to kind of, you know, use the time to get themselves going, which I think was really, you know, really, really important. So, but yeah, we're, um, 
you know, I, we were blessed that we were here. Cause I know for some of the other sports, like they were already gone, like it was spring break when it kind of happened. So, you know, when we came back to Blacksburg, it was like a ghost town and, um, yeah. and it stayed like that for, you know, obviously for, until school started again, but, um, yeah, it really was, uh, you know, like I said, we were just, we were lucky just to have them around and, and lucky that, you know, technology, you know, I couldn't imagine if we were like doing this like 10 years, you know, backwards where there's no zoom, there's no FaceTime, like mm-hmm. people would have gone bonkers. Right. Cause yeah. I think everyone's dealing with something like there's, I don't think there's a moment where any, any normal person, you know, in these last couple of months weren't like, Oh my gosh, I want this to be over. Right. You know, cause I think we all had those moments where we're like, when are we going to get back to what it was? And who knows what it was, if it will ever come back. But like, you know, we drive by lane stadium and it's like, man, when are you going to be able to see a football game again? And when are you going to be able to tailgate again? And when are you just going to be able to see your friends or, you know, shoot, even just to eat in a restaurant and not feel weird. You know what I mean? Like that's the, and and we hope it like, and again, like, I, I think we're, who knows, you know, but I think we're, you know, being able to manage through it has, has been, um, and try to get some sanity has definitely been something that I think everyone's been fighting, but, you know, we, we've been lucky enough, like I said, to get a little bit of normalcy back just by being able to practice for that two hours a day, um, I think really helps us out. So moving on from, uh, from COVID and everything else, and just kind of the overview before we get to rapid fire here, I want to ask you, what is the most what is the most rewarding thing about coaching women's sports for you? You know, I think it's watching them succeed and watching them do something that they've never been able to do and, and, and pushing themselves to a new level. I think that sometimes that, you know, it, it's different. And I think, in, in, and I've said this to a couple of people, like coaching in women's sports, like the first thing that they, they need to do is they need to become friends before they can become teammates. Like mm-hmm. if you know any of our kids or any of the kids I've coached, like we really stress that in the relationship part. It's hard not to be, you know, it's not like a bunch of guys, like they just want to play and ball out where the girls, like they need to like each other. And if they don't <laughs> like each other, like it turns into like uh, things that we don't need. But, you know, what's rewarding is watching them come together and, you know, winning is the last thing, but it's watching them like succeed and like be their best and pushing themselves to like an uncomfortable zone and then getting over it and then letting them understand that, that they can do anything and they can accomplish what they put their mind to. Because I think some of them come through with like, um, you know, like with safety belts on and they just don't, they want to be safe and they don't want to extend themselves to push themselves to do things because it's scary. And, um, but I think that, you know, with this group, you know, we're really proud of, you know, how they've been able to grow up, you know, I think watching them get jobs and seeing kids who, you know, we bring in or, or they come here as freshmen and next thing you know, they're seniors and they have jobs. Like, you know, that's probably the most rewarding things. And I, I just know how excited they are when we have that conversation. You know, we had a senior, one of our fifth years said she got a job, you know, two, a couple of weeks ago, got a job and it was like, coach, you know, I, I got a job. I was like, you know, and just how excited she was, it was almost, you know, and I've seen that excitement, like when we beat, you know, Louisville or, or, or Syracuse or Duke or whatever, you know, I've seen that excitement before and it's that same excitement in their eyes. And, um, cause we know they've accomplished something. And, uh, and I think for us, like, that's just probably the best part of the job, you know, is, is watching them get to the next level. Um, but I think that, uh, you know, right now just coaching this group and, and watching them do something that's never been done because I think every year we get there, it's like every class that graduates now is like the next winningest class at Virginia tech, yeah. lacrosse, which is kind of cool. Um, and so, um, we have so much ground to work on still. And, and again, like, I think as we chase for that first national championship and, you know, and, and we really are like digging our feet in to get there um, because that's what we know we, we could have a shot if we can just get this thing right. And, but we got to have the buy-in first, which I think is, it's like, like we're there, which is so awesome. And, and, you know, now it's, you know, us as coaches got to do our job and recruit the best players, which we're doing now. And uh, not that we weren't doing it before, but now we have a, you know, people know that, Hey, I'm coming to a good team. I want to come and play this is a, you know, a viable threat and, you know, and make that next step. And, you know, all, you know, as Virginia Tech's athletics knows, it just takes one special guy or gal and it can change the world. Right. And, uh, you know, we were lucky to, to see that with, you know, Michael Vick and, and others. And uh, if you just get that one really special kid, like, you know, and I th- 
think we're, we're, we're close. And so we're, we're really excited about that and, uh, you know, having, having a good team. So, so yeah. That's awesome. And you mentioned kind of, you know, the culture and everything else that, that lays the groundwork for kids moving on to the next phase of their life. I'm curious, you know, what have, what have you learned from the kids that have come through your program? Uh, what have you learned from the kids that you've coached at your time at Virginia tech? You know, that, uh, that this world is changing at a really fast pace. The way that they communicate is much faster. The way that they learn is much faster. Um, that they are resilient. Um, you know, I, I've coached some of the best kids, you know, some of the best people on the planet, you know, and, and people that, you know, you're like, man, I wish my daughter could grow up to be like that. And I, my kid is great. And, uh, and she does have the same care, you know, uh, characteristics as a lot of these gals. And, um, but, you know, uh, some of the people that really, you know, I, I watch them grow as, as people, you know, you talk about some of the 20, you know, 18 grads with like Tristan McGinley and Britt and Carly Primo and, and, and that group, like they were, um, you know, really, really special kids. They were, you know, you know, they didn't have to let me in, you know what I mean? This was their world at that time. And, uh, and they really just wanted to be a part of it. And I think they, they helped us, you know, they helped me as a person to learn how to communicate better. They helped me as a person, learn how to challenge them in different ways and, and really push ourselves to new, you know, to really kind of think the imaginable, like, you know, who would have thought Virginia tech could make the NCAA tournament. Like it's never happened. Like who could think that we could win and get to the sweet 16 like that, you know, that's like not even, you know, and now it's like, and now that's a standard, you know, before it was just a dream. You know what I mean? Now, every class that comes in is like, we can do that. And, but that's because of those kids. And, um, you know, I think that, you know, we have some really, really, you know, like I said, really great kids that have taught me a ton and, um, they taught me what to value and when to value it. And, you know, sometimes the, you know, obviously the little things are so important. I stress that all the time and, and, uh, and really teaching me that, you know, sometimes like they need a break and sometimes that we need to push them. And so, um, but we, we've, we've been pretty good about making sure that we've got the right people that are part of our program and, um, and really making sure that our culture is the first thing that, that kind of goes and, and make sure that our culture will kind of squeeze out anything that doesn't work for us, which I think is important. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, appreciate that. A great view into the, the program, the direction the program is going. Uh, and we're going to move right into our rapid fire section here. So coach, not sure if you're familiar, going to throw out a couple, a couple of questions. First thing that pops in your mind, uh, let us know what you think. And first talked about golf. If you could have, uh, if you could play one foursome, 18 holes, anybody dead or alive, who is in your dream, your dream foursome? Probably, um, I would definitely say Jack Nicholas. Okay. Uh, probably Arnold Palmer. I would definitely have to say Tiger Woods. Going straight golfers. Okay. They could be anybody, but yeah. all right. I would probably play with them, you know, okay. I, you know, I, I would love to just see it in person. Uh-huh. Gotcha. Um, where is your favorite place to golf in the new river Valley or elsewhere? Where, where's your, where's your favorite place to go? Uh, around here is probably Ballyhack. We, you know, I'm lucky enough to be a member out there. So play out there a ton. Um, you know, there's, there's so much good golf around here, but, uh, yeah, I, I get out there, play Blacksburg country club as much as I can too. So, um, you know, I, I think from a favorite standpoint, like across the country, uh, probably one of my favorite places is Bay Hill in, uh, in Orlando where they, it's Arnold Palmer's golf course. And okay. you know, I, I really enjoy that place a lot. So. What is your favorite Virginia Tech sports memory minus lacrosse? All right. This is a, this is kind of a, I mean, this may hurt a little bit, Billy, but like, uh, so I grew up in Michigan. Uh huh. Right. And uh, I remember the catch because I was a Michigan fan. Right. And I was, just <laughs> like, and I remember that. And, you know, and I'll tell you this like watching football and kind of growing up. And now being here and seeing like coach beam and like being able to talk to coach beamer or like bud foster, which is crazy. Cause I've gotten to know bud really, really well. Our wives are good friends. And so, you know, I'm like hanging out, having like dinner with bud foster. I'm like, this is crazy. Uh, and he's just like a normal guy. And like, I've, you know, um, and, uh, you know, I grew up watching them on TV and, uh, but yeah, I remember the catch and I remember I was like, that's not a catch. And now I'm like on the other side, <laughs> that was definitely a catch, you know? Um, and, uh, I think 
think it's just, you know, there, there are like so many moments that, you know, uh, have been great, but uh, that's definitely one that sticks out in my mind. And what about the, uh, your time at tech? You got to give me time at tech. You're doing this the week we interviewed Danny Cole too. We talked oh, about it. No, no. Um, okay. what, what is your, what's your favorite at Virginia tech? You're at, you're at the event. I know, I know you're free, you're oh, free. at the, at the event. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say it's probably like the, when Nikhil and, and uh, J Rob were playing, they beat UVA here. Mm-hmm. basketball that was pretty yep. that was pretty crazy that was awesome i really thought that was a that was a fun fun atmosphere you know that was uh that was good the ascension of sport of, of the sports programs at my time i mean i remember my freshman year our basketball team was horrible yeah. our lacrosse team was not winning any games the football team got a ton better while i was there um but it's it's, it's just been a ton of fun um this comes from this was a a request uh, from current and former players for lax superlatives. Uh, okay. So I'm, I'm going to give you a word and you let me know what player comes to your, uh, comes to your mind. First and foremost, uh, most likely to take up coaching after their career is over. I thought it would be Meg Graham. Okay. And, uh, and she is coaching. So, um, but I, I would, that would be, that would have been my first person was Meg Graham. Loudest. Oh, I may get in trouble for this one. I think, uh, Loudest, I would have to say, is um, MC McCarthy. Yeah, that makes sense. Funniest. Oh, there's so many kids that have different humor on the team. Um, I would probably say MC would probably have to be another one. She makes me laugh a ton, and she does some crazy stuff. So uh, she's borderline ridiculous. I would say her, uh, and then probably from like the older older group of kids that I've coached. Uh, I thought Brit was really funny mm-hmm. uh, at times. So, yeah. Uh, best dancer. Ooh, best dancer. I got to say your sideline celebrations are, are t- absolute top notch. You're rowing the boat. You're yeah. doing press. Y'all, y'all have got that figured out. Yeah. They really do a good job with it. So, uh, and I have no clue sometimes, but they, they practice, which they know that they know the cheer and, and in, in what they're going to do. Uh, best dancer. No one really comes into mind as being a, a tremendous dancer. I mean, I see people dancing. They're not, I wouldn't consider them great. <laughs> you know, um, we, could t- we could give it to the whole team for the side, for the we'll sideline side side group. Yeah. Sideline team. Definitely. Um, what's your favorite memory as the Virginia tech head coach so far? Um, probably one of the best memories is beating Syracuse in overtime here. We were down by five, like multiple times and just, watching them fight it back and then, you know, watching Tristan score that last goal was probably one of the best, you know, moments as a coach for me. Um, because you know, their, their coach on that side is like, was a guy that like, I had a poster of him in my room, you know, he played at Syracuse, Gary gate. And I joke around with him all the time. I'm like, yeah, you know, used to be a, you know, I, I looked up to you and like, obviously you were the Michael Jordan of lacrosse and he still is. And, um, when I got to beat him, I was like, there was no better handshake you know, when at the end of the game and, um, just knowing that like, okay, we're here, we're like, we can compete. And, uh, that's been, that's been a lot of fun. Last question that I have from you, uh, is a write-in from Tristan McGinley. And she wants to know, uh, what was the difference in the season that y'all went to the sweet 16? Uh, when did you know that you had something and what made that season so successful? You know, I, I think it was a leadership that we had. We had so many great seniors that really just, that loved each other that, you know, and everyone wanted to win for them. And they had this mentality of, um, that they wanted to be a, a you know, a, a high seed in the ACC tournament. They, they had this thing that they said, we want to wear white because home teams in the top four will wear white. Everyone else will wear their dark colors. And, uh, they wanted to have that choice. And, uh, that group really, really put it together. Um, and they cared about each other a ton, which I could tell, um, and I think for them, they really put, helped me get this program to where it is. I mean, I, I you know, um, every kid that, I, that plays for me has such a special place in my heart, but that group, you know, they really had an uphill climb and, um, you know, and to say that we got the most out of those guys, like, I mean, they became great lacrosse players. They really like, you know, as coaches, you want your kids to hit their potential. And I know with like, like, um, like Tristan, for example, 
I think we got more than enough out of her. Um, you know, Kelly Gladhorn was such a special player and just watching them develop into their roles because they'd played so many different positions when they were, you know, with the former coaching staff and they didn't know. And next thing you know, they're like, you know, Kelly was a walk-on that got on the team USA that played professional, had a, you know, and like, it was just such a cool thing to watch. And, um, but that group really kind of set it off for everyone else to be like, you know, that was, that's part of the secret is having kids who really care for each other. Cause they're going to work that much harder. Um, but yeah, they were, uh, they were a great group of kids, uh, you know, and, and again, I, I loved what they, you know, one of the the stones or the pillars that they left of this program was, is, is, you know, that, that compassion towards each other, but also like understanding, like, if we put our minds to it, like we can do it. And, uh, and they really bought in and, um, and trust me, there wasn't always great times with those guys. And, uh, I pushed them to the, you know, and they, you know, at times they pushed back, but, uh, it, it yeah, it, 2018 was special. And, and I know, you know, in, in 19, we, we missed it by a game, you know, we lost to UVA, we had a five goal lead kind of coming into it, but we just didn't have that. We didn't click quite as well as a team. And last year we could see it again. It's even stronger now. And, now bringing these kids back for fifth year, like it's the best that our culture is the best that it has ever been. I can tell you that I've never been more proud of a group for setting the tone on things where as a coach, I don't have to police it. You mm -hmm. know, they hold each other that standard. And when those things happen, like that's when it gets special. That's awesome. Well, coach, I can't thank you enough for coming up on an hour here. I really appreciate your time. I know you're a busy man. Um, but Definitely a huge fan of the program. Huge fan of the, like you said, great kids that you, that you recruit and a great program that you run. Um, wishing you nothing but the best. Hopefully we can do this again soon. Um, but to wrap it up, any shout outs, any, any final words? Yeah, uh, you know, I'll, I'll tell you this. Uh, last year, you guys came up with a sweet shirt that my family <laughs> like went crazy over. They loved it. Uh, you know, and guys, like, I definitely ap appreciate your, your support to us in our program. I mean, I know that, it, that, um, you know, in, in the athletics, we're just a small blip of a, a much bigger puzzle, but I, I think the support that you guys have shown us has, has been awesome. And, and again, hopefully, you know, for people who've listened to us, jump on our Instagram, you know, uh, check it out. They do a great job on our social media of following us. And then, uh, you know, obviously, you know, we just love the support. Um, and again, hopefully if once COVID has, uh, you know, come out, like you guys can come and see us play and see them, you know, in person. And, uh, and I think that, that these are some really hard working gals and, and we're going to do some amazing things. So hopefully that, you know, get on the bus before, you know, we get moving and, uh, get on the plane before you get flown over coach. Yeah, Let's exactly, go. Exactly. Exactly. I'm fired up for you guys. Coach, thank you so much. Best of luck for the rest of this, uh, for the rest of this fall. And um, hoping, fingers crossed, we can come see you in the, uh, in the spring here. All right. Appreciate it. Take care, Coach. All right. Thanks. Ryan.